the greatest move in history is about to hit the body of Christ. But I want to speak this to your spirit, man, and I want to tell you this is as real as it gets. It's not coming to everybody. Amen. I'm going to shake you today. It's not going to come to everybody. Amen. It's coming to those who are so hungry, Amen. so thirsty, so desperate for God. It's coming to those who are so in love with Him that you believe the Word without a shadow of the doubt. I'm not here speaking on the COVID, but I just want to assure you that this is the last place that you'll get COVID. Jesus is in this place. And we preach the truth and we believe the truth and nothing else but the truth. Everybody that's hidden in the secret place of the Most High, God promises you that nothing, no pestilence shall come near your dwelling. So I want to declare you in the name of Jesus, healed from your head to the soles of your feet. I declare this in the name of Jesus that no devil of hell shall come near your dwelling, shall come near your temple. Come on, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You tell your body, body, you belong to Jesus. I'm a temple, come on. I'm a carrier of the glory and the power of God. Do you believe that? If you believe that, shout hallelujah. I want you to be very, very, listen to me. You have to write this down because it's coming. The greatest move in history is here. It's upon us. It's upon us. And then soon we're going to look up and we're going to see him coming, breaking through the eastern sky and coming back for his church one more time. I want to speak to you about total restoration. Last week I've touched on total restoration. Who liked the message by the way? Who grabbed the message last week with both hands and says, total restoration is coming to my house. Well, tell your neighbor, total restoration. I, I'm not sure how long I'm going to preach. I don't know. I just know that God is here and He's going to do something mighty. I feel the presence of God. I said, I feel the presence of God. And my job is to make Jesus more real than anything. And then He's going to enter into this place. And blind, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Those who's in prison, come on, prison doors will break open. Shackles will fall. Because Jesus is alive. Let me just say this to you. The grave could not keep him. Death could not hold him. He's alive. So tell your other neighbor, total restoration is coming. One more time. Total restoration is coming. Hallelujah. I'm going to touch on the habitation of God this morning. You know, I was sitting on Facebook Live and I was speaking a little bit on the secret place of the Lord. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that how valuable the secret place is. Yeah, if you study the scripture, you'll find out that many people that visited the secret place, stuff happened with them. Let me give you a quick example. David took men into the cave called Adullam. And Adullam, the word Adullam means refuge. And the Bible says he took men that was distressed and men that had debt. Alright, they had debt, they were people of stress and they went into that cave and scholars reckon they stayed there between three and six months. David was a worshipper, David knew how to pull God's heart. Come on, David knew the word of God. Come on, am I speaking to somebody? And the Bible says when those men came out, they came out debt free. Amen. So what gets me debt free? It's the presence of God. The secret place. Come on, the habitation. Of God Almighty. The Bible says Samson went down to the cliff of the rock. And he came out powerful. Hallelujah. Powerful. After he came out of the cliff of the rock. He killed a thousand men. Why? Because he had visited. 
with God Almighty. And any man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by man. Elijah, after he spent time in the cave, the Bible says there was an earthquake and God spoke and he said, I'm not in the earthquake. He says, I am in the very stillness. So, in other words, you become dead free. Stress falls off you. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Number two, you become powerful. You gain the anointing of God that set the captives free. And by the way, when the anointing comes, it comes with a price. The anointing is not cheap. It's not easy. This is why God does not give the anointing out to everybody. He gives it out to men of God, not wimps. Men that will stand in this hour and say, Thus saith the Lord. Come on, men in this hour that will raise up. You can mock me. You can say what you want. We are living in the hour where true men of God will dictate to governments. Thus saith the Lord. Number three. You will hear God's voice. Spending time in the secret place of the Most High God. Are you with me? Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now I want you to open up your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 12. And I want to touch on three siblings. And sometimes you find the same three siblings in the church today. And I want you to understand portion of scripture. And I want to open it up to you and then you'll understand where we're getting to. By the way, we are soon celebrating Passover why Passover you know what the Lord said to them when Passover came he said apply the blood on the doorpost and then when the angel of death comes he will pass you over he will pass you over in other words he will skip your house he will skip your car he will skip your business anything that has to do with death will not come near your dwelling because Jesus says I have become your pass over land and I will protect you from your head to the soles of your feet that's what pass over means the angel of death will pass over thank God for the secret place thank God that I'm hidden with Christ that when the angel of death comes listen can I can I can I can I death cannot take you out unless God says it's your time this is why I want to ask you whose report will you believe come on we believe the report of the Lord I'm one of those preachers who still believe the full word of God Almighty Jesus name is not I will be or I was his name is I am he's the great healer by the way one of the covenant rights is that you he will heal your whole body shout thank you Jesus I said thank you Jesus then six days before, before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who was dead, whom he had raised from the dead. That's Lazarus, you know, the one that was stinking. He was dead, dead. He was so dead, dead. And uh, there they made him a supper. They made him something to eat. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, speaking out, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with what? The fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who had betrayed him, said, just pause there, think about this. In other Gospels, the other Gospels, the Scripture says, that Jesus went down to Simon the leper's house. Simon the leper was Judas Iscariot's father. 
His father was leprous, was a man full of leprosy. Judas was the one who was a thief. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Pause there again. 300 denarii was worth a whole year's salary. In other words, this woman took one year's salary, everything that she had, and she broke it open at the feet of Jesus. She knew that if I come into His presence, this means nothing. We're going to get there now. And please don't be so quiet. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. This He said, not that He cared for the poor, but because He was a thief. And He had the money box and He used to take what was put in it. Can we pause there again? This is a fact. This is a proven fact why Jesus was not poor. The Bible says Judas stole continuously. Amen. Nobody noticed money was gone. If you have 50 rand in a wallet and it was and if somebody takes it, you will know my 50 rand is gone. But if you have Madiba lying there and smiling at you in that wallet, somebody takes a 50 rand, you're not even gonna notice. Why? Because there's so much. Just Jesus knew what was going on. So many people are still stealing his money. Oh, it's quiet, it's quiet. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you will have with you always. But me, you do not have always. Now, I want to skip that one. I want to, go, I want to quickly go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house, sat down to eat. Do we have the next one or just that? No, that, not that one. That's, that's, that's the wrong one. Luke chapter 7, verse 37 says, And behold, a woman in the city, who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. Say with me, weeping. weeping. One more time, weeping. weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wipe them with the hair of her tears. I want to quickly jump to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 14. Let me just throw that in free of charge. I'm getting somewhere. Mark chapter 14 verse 3 it says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil. And you know, the scripture says, they criticized her. Say with me, they criticized her. You can do better than that. So let me explain something to you. Lazarus was dead for four days. They dead. Jesus waited another day. They said, Lord, if you came earlier, my brother would have been alive. Why did they say that? Because I always teach you that Jews believed only on the third day your spirit departs from your body. So they said, Lord, if you came earlier, my brother would have been alive. So Jesus waited another day so that nobody can say he was not really dead. Jesus made sure he was dead dead. And Jesus, you know, he said, let's go to Bethany. And, and you know, Philip and Thomas, I think they were the worst company. They said, oh, let's just go to Bethany and let's just die of Lazarus. I think Jesus wanted to slap both of them and say, do you know who's standing next to you? I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. Whatever I touch, too, come on. Comes back to life. Jesus stood at the grave. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And here comes a man in grave clothes. 
Jesus was not surprised. He did not marvel about the miracle. He said, turn him loose and let him go. Suddenly, he is asked to go and eat at this Simon's house. And the scripture says, yes, says Lazarus at the table and eating. Most of the disciples sat around the table with Lazarus. Why? Because they wanted to find out. Lazarus, what did you see? I'm speaking to somebody. You like to hear the testimony. The three siblings, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Lazarus just received a miracle. And everybody is so interested in Lazarus. That the scripture says that Martha, she was the one who was cooking, making the coffee. She was serving. And she ran to Jesus and she said, Lord, please just speak to my sister Mary. Tell her to get off her behind and help me serve. The second sibling was the server. She loved to serve. My God, I'm getting there. And Mary, the scripture says, she saw an opportunity. She said, I'm going to take all of my brokenness. I'm going to take all of my past mistakes. Everything that people labeled me with. Everything that I've lost in my life. I'm going to take everything that I have. She took the scripture, says costly anointing. It's so costly that somebody, one year's whole worth of salary. She said, I'm going to break it open and I'm going to anoint his head. And while I'm at it, I'm going to cry. The scripture says, now think about this. Yes, Jesus walking through the desert. He has dusty feet. And this woman does not care about how dirty his feet is. She's crying so much. The scripture says, she's weeping. And as she wept on his feet, she was washing his feet with her tears. Don't you tell me that this woman just cried a little bit. She was weeping. I think while she was weeping, two things happened. Number one, she was reminded of her bad past. She was reminded of the hurt and all the mistakes. But as soon as she touched the master's feet, she also remembered that when Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. And here's the scripture that says that as she broke open the alabaster oil, the whole room had a sweet smelling aroma. Hear me right now, a sweet smelling aroma. And Jesus said, hang on, hang on Martha, come here, let me give you a secret. Lazarus was dead, he's alive, he's got a testimony. You serving, that's awesome, that's wonderful. But let me tell you something about Mary. Mary chose the better part. You see, you need a testimony. A testimony is important. Because that's how you overcome, is through the testimony. Hear me right now. You need to know how to serve. Because Jesus says you're going to be great. Learn how to serve. But it's absolutely the absolute essence of Jesus himself that sustains everything. When Mary touched him, she chose the better part. What happened? A whole life had meaning. I want you to understand this. That there's a place called there, a secret place, where most Christians don't dare to go. Because what most Christians want to do, most Christians keep themselves busy with the things of the Lord, but not with the Lord of the things. Amen. Too many Christians sit around the table and ask one another about certain stuff. Too many want to run around, which is not bad because everybody, we need people to serve. But the better part is sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. Coming the way just as you are with no pretense. 
Jesus did not tell her, you filthy woman, you. I can't do anything for you. No, he said, come just as you are. Just as you are. And he made a statement. He said, this woman, she chose the better part. You see, people of God, the better part is spending time in the presence of the Lord. The Christians took Christianity and made it into a religion. People think that religion is the way to go. And, and Jesus is not found in religion. Uh, let me just quickly say this to you. Jesus is in the brokenness. I've heard so many people say that God can't use you when you have been broken. Let me tell you, God cannot use you unless you have been broken. You have to be broken a thousand times over. A thousand times over. That life of Mary became a sweet smelling aroma in the presence of God. Let me tell you when God acts for you. The Bible says they criticized Mary. Look at this mad woman. She could have sold it all the oil and given it to the poor. And do you know what happened? While she was sitting in the presence of Jesus, she did not open her mouth. She did not stand up and say, listen, I'm not fake. I'm not false. She did not do that. While she was sitting in the presence of Jesus, Jesus defended her. You didn't get this. You see, when you remain in the secret place, you do not have to fight. Now, let me speak to you this side. When you remain in the secret place, there's no fighting. You sit at a position. This is why the Bible says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Please take note that woman was at his feet weeping. She was seated. And as they criticized that Jesus was the one who opened his mouth and says, Hey, she chose the better part. You could have done it. But in actual fact, you made time for Lazarus. You wanted to serve, but this woman gave everything that she had. Jesus Christ is calling the church back to His feet. Amen. He's calling the church back to the secret place. Amen. Listen, I, I, maybe I, you're not going to like this, so what? This is a truth. We have a generation that is lost. We have a generation of wimps. Generations of people that want to be... You know, you, wanna, you don't want to be effective. You just want to be liked. We don't need men that want to be liked. We need men that's at the feet of Jesus Christ. We need men that will wipe His feet with their tears. That's what we need. We need a generation of people that is so submerged in the presence of God that you have to find the heart of God before you can find the man. You know, God has created the secret place for us. You know, I want to just quickly mention this in the book of Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the secret place. You know, when you dwell in the secret place, it's not a place of visitation. Listen to me. The presence of the Lord is going to hit this place, whether you like it or not. And I'm, I'm going to help you to get there. Hear me. I'm going to help you to get there. Who wants to get there? Who wants to be so lost in the presence of the Lord this morning? So Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place. So the secret place is a place of habitation. It's a place where you ought to live. Think about this, when God created Adam and Eve, He created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to dwell with them 24 hours a day. God was not hidden. Please hear me. God was not hidden. It was when Adam and Eve sinned that they hid themselves from God, while God was always ready to reveal Himself. Because of sin, man ran away and they hid themselves from God. God's original plan was to do what? To, be, so to make you a carrier of that glory of God. That you can be that dwelling place for the Lord. Amen. Hear me right now. I, I'm concerned in South Africa we have monuments. Amen. I'm speaking to you about church buildings. We have monuments. Amen. But we do not have a lot of carriers of the glory and the fire of God.
When you the carrier of the glory of God, hear me right now. Viruses should die whenever you step your foot. Hallelujah. Cancers must bow their knees when a child of God steps in. When you step in, listen to me. When a child of God, wherever you set your foot because of the secret place of God, you take territory. In other words, the atmosphere must shift in your favor. You, you don't get this. Whenever you go, if there's no way, you declare a way. When there's a mountain you don't run to the phone, you tell that mountain, I'm a carrier of the power of God. And it must shift. You see, a lot of people like to do Sundays for the habitation because then they run to the presence of God. But they forget Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're, you're a carrier of the presence of the Lord. Let me quickly tell you how I know that I'm an absolute host of the presence of the Lord. I've never heard in my life they break into a church so much like in this church. They broke in this church Friday night. They stole our stuff again. We were here last night. I didn't sleep. I had some of them. Thank you so much, guys. For those of you that was here with us, on the roof, waiting. And I was praying. I said, Lord, I know your word says those who wait on you, you will act for them. But I want to act. I made the Lord the long speech last night. I said, Lord, you, you allowed Samson to catch these enemies. Lord, let me just remind you about David. David killed these enemies. I said, Lord, can I, can I go on? Lord, there's Elijah too. He called fire down from heaven. I said, Lord, I just, need, I just need them to come. And then I will take the jawbone, I'll take the slingshot, and I'll call the fire. And nobody came. I said, Lord, you've got a great sense of humor. And I wondered, why is the attack so much? And the Lord reminded me, it's because of the anointing. Why do they take our speakers all the time? They want to silence our voices. Hallelujah. That's how you know you're the carrier of the glory of God. Boston, can I ask you to come here? My goodness, the presence of the Lord is so strong. Now, hear me. People... I want to go a little bit deeper, then I'm going to get back to the Word of God. People think that the presence of God is work. Let me, let me help you understand something. When you pray, it's got nothing to do with work. A lot of people think if I don't put 10 hours in today, God's not going to show up. That's not the truth. If you like to pray 10 hours a day and you're in the realm of the glory, no problem. Don't waste your time 10 hours in the flesh. A day in His courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. It's that place of intimacy. And let me just say, this is the greatest secret I can ever give you. Ever, ever, ever give you. How is it possible that Jesus can show up? Let me tell you. That, and that's so simple. Purity of heart. That causes Jesus always to show up. That causes revelation to flow. It does not matter what people say about you. Jesus says, be still. Take your position. I'll fight for you. Purity of heart allows allow God to become, listen to me, one with your heart. Because God can trust you. God can trust you to use your mouth. You'll not make a mess of it. He, he can trust you giving Him back the glory. Let me tell you something else. The second key is God always longs to have fellowship with a man or a woman of faith. Not just somebody that confesses with their mouth, but to walk the walk. That you're walking with God. God, then always God shows up. Listen to me. 
And God's a God that loves a man and a woman that can worship from the spirits. In spirit and in truth. So purity of heart. It must be, say with me, purity of heart. There's a difference between isolation and separation. God is calling the church to separation. To be separated from the world. Let me just quickly say this. If you look like the world, you can't be used by God. Finish and clear. You can't. We like to party on a Saturday. And holy, holy are you Lord on a Sunday. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We have to be separated from the world. And so God sees the purity of heart. And then He shows up. I want to say something with all the love and respect and so neither as they can. I believe sometimes the Lord, He's already here. He's always there, but He's just waiting for people to surrender so He can manifest the glory of God. Why does He manifest His glory? Because of the true lovers of the Lord. Now I want you to understand this, that the Bible says in the book of, of, of Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, David was a worshiper. Let me explain this to you. Now I want you to help me right now. The Bible says Saul was attacked by a demon spirit. A demon spirit attacked Saul. Saul said, if I can just get somebody that knows how to worship. If there's just somebody whose worship will become a sweet smelling aroma, then I will be delivered. And they found one man and his name was David. And David started playing their harp. And every time David played the distressing spirit, that demon spirit left Saul. When David stopped, the spirit came back. Let me just say that again. If I can just find one man or one woman who knows how to worship God. If I can just find one man or one woman that knows how to worship God in spirit and in truth. If I can just find... Ah, you don't get this. If I can find one man or one woman that knows how to move God by worshiping in spirit and in truth. Everything that has come against you shall balance me. I think Jesus is saying this, if I can just find one woman, one man that knows how to worship. One man, one woman who would not bow down before Babylon, that will not bow its knee before this worldly system. But one man or one woman that will lift up a sound that will shift the atmosphere. Is there a man, is there a woman in this house right now whose lives is a sweet smelling aroma in the presence of God? First Samuel 17, David met Goliath. He killed him because the Spirit of God was upon him. First Samuel 22, David fled from Saul. He took men that was distressed, man that was in debt, and they ran to the cave called Adullam. Adullam speaks about hiding place or refuge. Look me in the eyes. It is the same psalmist that says, the Lord is my hiding place, my fortress. The name of the Lord is the strong tower. The righteous runs into it and they are saved. Come on, it's the same psalmist that says, When I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock which is higher than I. He knew that there's a place, a refuge, because the Lord is my hiding place. Come on, I said the Lord is my hiding place. David knew it. This is why David said, the Lord is my glory and He is the lifter of my head. David knew that 
when I spend time in that secret place, everything that the devil has plotted against me shall be in vain. They will come against you and they will flee in seven different directions. Come on, only with your eye will you see it, but it will not come near you. Listen to me, saints of God, when you know how to worship the King of glory and stay in that secret place, no devil of hell will come near you. They will pass. Because he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Bible says that Samson went down to the cliff of the rock. He went down to the secret place. Let, let me just say this again. Most times the secret place is a lonely place. Most times it, when you go into the secret place, you enter there alone. Why do you enter alone? Because he's waiting there. God is waiting there, right there. So the scripture says that Samson went down to the cliff of the rock. 3,000 men came out to him. 3,000 men feared one man. Because one man knew what it meant to stay in the presence of God. One man. You know, being able to dwell in the secret place is having fellowship with the Lord. And I want to say this again. If you want Jesus always to show up, live a life of purity. Be pure. Pure heart. Pure motives. Separated from this world. Doesn't matter what people say and think about you. That, that means nothing. Hear me. I know as a fact. There's times I can stand in my house. I'm busy with stuff during the day. Nothing to do with the Bible or the Lord, whatever. Then I will feel it, I will feel it in my heart so strong a pulling. Just to put a song on. Some, suddenly a song comes to my heart I put the song on and then bam I start to weep why is that? it's like I want to I wanna use you it's like the Lord doing this I miss you and do you know how he stays? when you respond immediately you don't reject him and say Lord tonight immediately when he pulls you you pull right in is somebody getting this? That's how you keep that presence of the Lord to remain. So He pulls you right in. This is what God does. He says, I knock on your heart, whoever open. I will come and I'll dine with Him. I know right now the Lord is doing this. A lot of people don't want to hear. A lot of people want to do what Judas was doing, criticize. You know, criticism will draw you away from the presence of God. Hear me right now. There's something that Mary has done right that Judas was supposed to learn from her. There's something that certain people do right and you do wrong. Learn from those who's doing what you want to do. If you do not do what you want to do, get around people that's doing what you want to do and do it with them. Am I speaking to you? The Bible says the power of God came over Samson. He picked up a fresh jawbone of a donkey. He killed a thousand men. God's empowerment came upon him. When the power of God comes upon you, He changes you in a completely, total different man. Doesn't matter how shy you are, what a big introvert you are. You know, let me just say this. I think sometimes we take the presence of God for granted. We're so used to the presence of the Lord that we don't even care anymore. I want to be quickly because I, I know that the Lord is taking me into a direction. Scripture says, Elijah saw victories, fire from heaven, killed the prophets of Baal. He runs away from one woman. He runs and hides for Jezebel. 
And the God started speaking to him. You know, there's earthquakes and thunderstorms, and God says, I'm not in the earthquakes. Listen, God is not in the noise of the world. A lot of people face a storm right now and they want to find God in the storm. God, you'll never find God in the storm. Why? Because He's pulling you through the storm. He says, when you go through the water, He did not say when you drown in the water. He says, when you go through the water. In other words, the scripture already teach us, you will go through water. But you will go, you'll pull through the water. When you go through the fire, the fire will not burn you. In other words, it teaches us there will be fire. There will be things around you that will be uncomfortable. But he says, I pull you right through. It will not have power over you. Come on, somebody. And God said that he's in this still small voice. That only happens when you are in the secret place. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your father in the secret and your father that is in the secret will reward you openly in other words being in the secret place there's a reward publicly you didn't get this people will see the blessing of God and the hand of God upon you publicly but what you do in the secret place will determine what you will be in the public place okay, am I speaking to you if you tell people lift your hands and worship and they stand like this, it's because in the secret place there's none existent. But when you're worshiping spirit and truth in the secret place and you know how to shut the door behind you and worship the King of Heaven, it will not be a problem in the public place. Now let me quickly ask you a question. Who sends the presence of the Lord here right now? I sense the presence of the Lord here right now. Many years ago I said to the Lord, I will not go unless you go with me. That's my covenant with the Lord. I will not go not unless you go with me. And that presence of the Lord is here right now. Do you get this? Too many people are excited with Ichabod. The glory has departed. They don't feel God. They don't experience God. Listen to me. I say this now so that when the time comes, you will not be caught by surprise. The time will come that we will no longer get to the Word of God. The glory of God will hang in this building like a cloud. We will be unable to minister. We will be face down. I pray that today will be that day when the heaven says yes. And there will be an appointment with the Spirit of God upon your life. And you will go out of this space and you will be a changed man. See, Mary chose the better part. The three siblings in the church, those of the testimonies, those that love to serve, and those who love spending time at His feet, and Jesus says, here's the key, this is the better part. If there's anything I want you to do, yes, I want the toilets cleaned, yes, I want the grass to be cut, I want the speakers out, I want, but who cares? The better part is you sitting at my feet, coming just as you are, you know, and the Bible says something that she moved him so much. He said, from today, whenever the gospel is preached, this woman's name and her face will come up as a memorial. She will be remembered because of what she did. You see, people of God, our worship will always be criticized. People will always criticize your worship. They criticize them. Our job is not to defend ourselves. Our job is to be quiet and, you know, when you're too busy loving on Jesus, you can't be too busy hating on others. I'm preaching to myself. 
God just gave it to me, by the way. When you're busy loving Him, there's no time worried about what's happening in this world. Thank God this world is coming to an end. So that we can be with Christ Jesus forever. And forever, and forever. You know, I lost my sense of what people think about me long ago. And I've gained Christ through this. Now, this whole message did not come out the way I wanted to come out. But I know He's here. I know He's speaking. I know He's knocking. Now, the secret place. The, what happens with the secret place is three things in the kingdom. Ask, seek, and knock. When you ask, you shall receive. When you knock, it shall be opened. Come on, when you seek, you will find. God wants you to ask until you receive. God wants you to knock until it's open. Listen, let me just throw that in. Sometimes you're going to have to say goodbye to people. Yes. By taking this journey, you're going to lose people. Amen. But you're going to gain heaven. Amen. Am I speaking to the right crowd? And you'll become sensitive for the Spirit of God. And you'll start to hate it. Listen, as I spend time in the presence of the Lord, I can tell you this for a fact. The reason why too many people can sin like this is because there's no revelation of Jesus. There's no love. There's no intimacy. There's no fellowship. My sheep knows my voice, Jesus says. My sheep. So I'm finishing with this. It will draw you, but you'll have to run. You'll have to be like Jacob that says, I am not letting you go. Not until you've blessed me. When Mary came into his presence, can you think about this? She could have sold that oil and be sorted out for a year. She says, Lord, this means nothing. My needs means nothing. Because suddenly you are the only one I ever need. That's what happens when you get into the secret place. It's a place of protection. It's a place where you see whatever your enemies plotted against you happens with them, but not to you. It's that place where there's famine in the street, but there's no famine in your house. Come on, it's that place of visitation. It's that place where God meets you face to face. If every single time I, if I can, if I can, if I get a, one rand for every time I've been into that place, I'll be a billionaire today. I don't have to spend 10 hours in His presence. My relationship with the Lord is like this. I can go into my room, close my door, I can say, Jesus, and that sweet smelling aroma fills this place. And do you know what's happening right now? He's pulling you. Amen. Come on, here's a pulling. It starts here. There's a pulling in people's hearts. God will not come and force himself on you. He will not say, hey, it's time. He will not do that. He will just pass by you. He'll pass over. And he'll get to somebody else who's hungry, who's thirsty. Come on, where's those people? Revival must be sustained. It must be birthed from, from a prayer life. It must be birthed from, from hunger. Let there be a birthing pain for the revival in your spirit, man. Right now, let people run to the secret place. She have to choose the better part right now. Come on, right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Lift your hands quickly. from the dead he said go to Galilee go to Galilee I'll meet you there he did not say Jerusalem he did not say Bethany he said Galilee because Galilee means the church porch the Kerkse stoop so Jesus says go 
to the church porch and there I will be with you. After he visited at the church porch, Galilee, he said to them, go to the upper room, which speaks about a dining room, where he says, I will dine with you forever. God is calling the church to be the church. It's time for the church to get back to Galilee. It's time for the church to get back to the upper room and seek Him wholeheartedly. Just lift your hands. Come on, every eye closed. Come on, middle block, you have to be hungry for the Lord. My left side, come on, press him, press him to him. Press him to him right now. Oh, 
from today it will be done in Jesus name there's something about your work God is going to sort out your job something about your job that God is going to sort out completely Monday morning it shall happen in effect it's shifting right now what the enemy has meant for your harm God will turn around for your good get ready for promotion is coming it is due time. Now, Lord, from a head to the soles of the feet, I pray a fresh fire. There you go. There's the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the glory of the Lord. Take me to that place. Take me to that place. Jesus is where I belong. My heart longs to be with you. Right now, there's nothing I want more to see your face, to feel your face. Justin, come closer. The Lord says, draw closer. Look those hands. My God, will God still find a man on fire in our generation? There it goes, there goes the fire. God, I feel it. There it is. Ooh, hallelujah. From his head to the soles of his feet. That's power. There's nothing I want more. Tani Isabel, come, come closer. Draw closer to the Lord. I just feel the river of God flowing here in the front of Jesus. Lift those hands. Father from a head to the soles of the foot. This is holy. This is holy ground. My heart longs to be with you. Sweet Jesus, there's nothing I want but to seek your face. I just do what he tells me to do. Nobody can talk me out of this. He's here. He's here. We don't look at symptoms. We look at the word of God. Speak to me, Jesus. I give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Yes, Lord. Can I ask Debbie Kaywood to come out? See the hand of God upon you today. I feel the 
anointing of God coming out of you, it's flowing right into your body. He's touching you from your head to the soles of your feet. The fire of God, you feel down your spine. Mental kingdom. I want to ask the whole church to lift your hands. Draw from him. He's here. It's a marvelous anointing of God. Oh, that's what I pray. Right now. Bro, that's it. Jesus, power in this building right now. From here to souls of a One more time, lift your hands with me, Father. I declare total recovery. Total recovery. In the name of Jesus. As everybody's close, I want to just finish off by saying this. The key is the secret place. The secret place doesn't come to you because you think it's just coming. It's coming to those who are hungry and thirsty after righteousness. There's one thing that God spoke to me about, Faith City. If this church does not become a praying church, this church will be in grave danger. Hear me right now. No longer can you ride on the anointing that's, that you feel being preached to you on a Sunday. Amen. For the next part, I believe the pulling down of strongholds is going to happen when the church prays collectively. No more just a little bit here, a little bit there. I believe that it's time that we call prayer meetings and pray the fire of God down. This is what we need. So Lord, this is my prayer. Stir a hunger in your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Please just take your seat for two minutes.